Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And this week, we're going to be talking about weathering with you. It's our final episode of Season 2, guys. And this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I feel it right now. Uh, just because I love this movie so much, and we're going to be talking about it in just a bit. But just like with every other episode this season, and every other episode before that, uh, we're going to start off with our podcast ritual, where we're going to talk about one notable movie or TV show we watched in the last week. So Ken, go ahead and share what you watched. All right, uh, Jeremy, I feel like this one is going to be no surprise here. It's something that we kind of talked about uh, on the newsreel a few weeks ago. I've been pimping this show ever since our Wonder Woman 1984 episode uh, when I basically binged season one in just two nights. And yes, I watched the season two premiere of Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Um, it premiered last Friday, which was on the 23rd of July, um, and... Man, I, I just after watching uh, last Friday's season two premiere, it felt like a reunion of sorts because you know I you know basically got to catch up on uh, on on all the characters within Ted Lasso. Even though I did a complete season one rewatch in again another two nights right before <laughs> <laughs> right before um, season two, and uh, actually no, I'm sorry, the second night was actually leading up to the finale. I ended up watching the second half of season one. <laughs> Right into uh, the season two finale, uh, the, the premiere. So I'm just a huge fanboy of Ted Lasso. Yes, it is my favorite current TV show that is out right now. And I've been trying to get Jeremy to start watching it. He's still being really stubborn right now. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's that Apple TV Plus, man. Put it on Amazon Fire Stick. I don't think that'll ever yeah. happen. But I'll, <laughs> I'll send you links, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, for uh, for me, I don't know if it's just hyperbole, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, the best way that I can describe this show is that it's a it's a real feel good show. You know, I feel like every time you watch it, it just hits you in the feels. It'll make you smile. It will make you kind of sad sometimes, but mm. you feel really invested in the characters. And uh, I feel like season two. Uh, they are hyping it up to be better than season one. Obviously, that remains to be seen. We're only one episode in, um, but um, I'm ready. I'm ready to have my emotions played with, but in not in a manipulative way. It it just really does seem organic. Mm. How many? How long are these episodes again? Thirty on average. Some okay. a little bit shorter, like in the twenty eight minute range. Some a little bit longer, but on average, it's about thirty. Cause I'm I'm feeling though that those shorter episodes right now, you know what I mean? Just like easy, quick watching. Like I think I mentioned earlier in the season, Kim's Convenience. Uh, I feel like shows like that where it's kind of light but then quick. I feel like I'm getting into. So I'll probably have to check it out during our uh, hiatus, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we'll we'll figure out a way for you to watch it on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I don't know if. There is an Android uh, app or something like that. If there is, I'll hook you up. Or but, something, man. Yeah, we'll, or something. we'll see. <laughs> Laptops hopefully work. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out this time. 
Uh, the movie, though, that I watched this week, it's a little bit different than yours. <laughs> um, I, I watched a movie called The Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a brand new movie, actually, um, where... <laughs> This is going to sound ridiculous, <laughs> but uh, Nicolas Cage, he owns a pig and his, uh, he basically trains this pig to, uh, um, I guess, harvest truffle mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a concept. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the, the, here's the kicker, though. Someone steals the pig and that's how the adventure starts. <laughs> oh so... Yeah, and Nicholas Cage. It's it's a it's a strange little movie. It's a good one watch movie. Mm. I wouldn't say like, oh, you gotta watch it like like three times or whatever. It's a good one watch movie. It's it's uh, I guess more character driven, and uh, Nicholas Cage is pretty subdued <laughs> in his role too. He's not just freaking out the whole time. <laughs> not saying that there isn't any Nicholas Cage freakouts because. There's at least one, and you need to have at least one in oh, every yeah, Nicolas sure. Cage movie. Yeah, it's a, it's his own uniqueness uh, of <laughs> whatever his freakout is. He has to have at least one, just like you said. Yeah, and it's it's so it's such a bizarre concept <laughs> that I'm like, yes, it has to be Nicolas Cage who has to star in it. You know what's funny? When you just mentioned that movie and kind of the concept, the thing that popped into my head immediately was that one part with the pigs in Black Widow. <laughs> and I was like, crossover event? <laughs> oh, Nicolas Cage, he's actually Ghost Rider in Pig. I didn't want to reveal it here. <laughs> he's Ghost Rider, and it's actually an MCU movie, guys. I didn't want to spoil it, but, you know, I guess I'll just reveal it right here. They I never know, actually say it. I'm just, I like to imagine that it is. Hey, don't be surprised. Within 10 years, it becomes official MCU canon. Dang, that would be nuts. Because if you watch the movie, yeah, that is definitely not very MCU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where, where's this uh, Where's the streaming, by the way? Uh, right now, I think it's just on... Um, it might just be in theaters right now. It, oh, or, it is. It's a new movie. Yeah, yeah, and very new movie. I think it's like on, it might be able to rent, too, so... Or at least pretty soon, because, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Uh, but last week, we actually did watch a old movie called The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Didn't want to sound too much like uh, Peter Parker. It's like this really old movie called The Breakfast Club. <laughs> that we watched yeah, you gotta last say, week. you got to say it with his really high voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're just going to do a little bit of episode cleanup. And we actually ran a poll on our social medias for the movie. So uh, what was the poll can okay so the poll that we ran uh was basically last week's audio uh, audience question and uh, we asked which decade has the most iconic high school movies and so we uh the choices were the 80s the 90s the 2000s and the 2010s and uh the results were and the winner of the poll uh, was at 44% for the 1980s. Ooh, I'm not surprised, though. Because yeah. there's, there's some really good movies there. Uh, just to shout out my cousin Andrew once again. Like, he he mentioned, like, 16 Candles. <laughs> so, and it's like, John Hughes, that's like the, he liked it better than uh, Breakfast Club. So, dude, gotta, I, could, 
I, I could see, see that. that. Yeah, because I mean, uh, sixteen candles was a little bit more lighthearted, I guess, and and I felt like uh, obviously the Breakfast Club. I mean, we got into it last week, where you know it it discussed more uh, a serious topics, even though it did have uh, some fun aspects to it. But yeah, it was definitely more dialogue driven more than anything. Yeah, it was. It was. It dived into deeper topics than I expected. At least for me, that's what I was like. Whoa, this is getting dark, guys. Yeah. Uh, but you guys, if you want to participate on our polls, we're gonna have one more poll that we're gonna be that's gonna be for weathering with you, and we're gonna release those results uh, this coming Thursday on the the newsreel. So keep out, uh, keep on the lookout for that poll on our social medias. That's gonna be on Instagram and Twitter at Weekly Reel. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Weathering With You that came out in 2019 by Makoto Shinkai. So just a quick spoiler warning, because, you know, we're going to be talking about it for the rest of the episode. If you haven't seen it, you can go watch it on HBO Max. We're not sponsored by HBO Max. Still, if someone wants to be like, hey, people at HBO sponsor these guys and they'll be like oh yeah we'll do that for you and yeah let's do that um now they, they probably won't do that but uh, if you want to go watch it on HBO Max it is subbed or end dubbed uh on HBO Max so you can choose whichever one you want we actually watched it in theaters dubbed so don't judge us too hard I guess yeah that was the uh the showing that worked best for I guess this podcast. So we actually did it for you guys. Yeah, like we didn't, we didn't exactly have a choice. It was like kind of just, you know, spur out of the moment. There's only two showings, guys. Anyway, so uh, a quick reminder for what Weathering With You is about. It's uh, about a boy named Hodaka who runs away to Tokyo and meets a girl named Hina who can seemingly control the weather. So can... Um, this is your second anime movie of the season. Uh, the first being Your Name, also by Makoto Shinkai. Well, uh, did you have any expectations going into this movie? Yeah, well, uh, going into it, and uh, obviously this is based off of, you know, just casual conversations that we would have both on the podcast and offline. Uh, I really did try to temper my expectations because, you know, it being the follow-up to Your Name in your name being as good as it was, I was like, okay, uh, just expect it to, you know, fall in line with other sequels where usually it's not as good. And so I was like, okay, let's lower the expectations. Let's just let Makoto Shinkai just do his thing. And then, you know, just be, uh, be pleasantly surprised with what I see. And uh, I, you know, just, kind of like my first impressions just watching it i just felt really good just put a smile on my face when we were watching it uh we got to watch it with a couple of friends uh well one of them was your brother um uh but it was just pretty cool to be able to just see a movie that was written well and directed uh well by makoto shinkai and to just hear familiar themes or, or songs from red wimps just like thing I, I i have to admit after our your name episode i was listening to that album like on repeat for i don't know a week or two 
um, mm-hmm. right after that episode. And I started doing that leading up to <laughs> to uh, Weathering With You. But I didn't want to listen to Weathering With You uh, soundtrack just yet because obviously I wanted to listen to it for the first time while we watched the movie. But I was trying to get into the like basically the I don't know. I was getting hyped for it. And yeah. So, yeah. It, I think I'm glad that I did it that way. All right. Now that you brought it up, though, I do want to ask you real quick, uh, which music do you actually uh, like more? Because they do sound familiar in some ways. But if you had to choose one, uh, which one, which album would you choose? Oh, man. Uh, okay, I've only gotten to listen to the Weather Me With You album. I haven't even gone through it yet, just because mm. um, Usually, when I was actually listening to it on repeat, I was actually mainly working from home. And this week, I've had to be in the office a little bit more. And so I haven't been able to listen to it as much. But from the movie, just by default, I have to say your name. Because there are certain, I guess, uh, songs that just bring you back to whatever scene. That mm. uh, And I, uh, I feel like I haven't watched weathering with you enough yet or 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 even listen to the the music just enough where i've associated certain songs with certain scenes just yet uh i feel like this is an incomplete question for me but for now as of today your name oh okay i think i think i would agree with you there same exact reasoning pretty much where you basically the songs bring you back into scenes of the movie yeah. Uh, and man, I totally forgot to share this with you, but pretty much they're in your name. Uh, that last song that they play, the there's a version of it on Spotify that's actually sung by the voice actress of Mitsua that sing and she sings that final song. I'll probably send it to you later if you haven't heard it before. But anyway, um, another question I did want to bring up real quick about weathering with you and the actual story. Because we, we see Hodaka uh, in the beginning. He's just already on the boat, and he already, he, he already ran away from home. Did you kind of notice how his face was already beat up, pretty much? I did. And actually, uh, I guess I was able to watch The uh, Weathering With You a second time, but only I didn't, I, get, I didn't get to finish that second viewing. But already, obviously, knowing... What we knew, I got to watch the, you know, obviously the showing that we watched last Sunday. I was like, did he just get, was he running away because he was getting abused by his folks? And so that thought entered my mind when I rewatched that um, yesterday. Yeah, I I interpreted that same way. I think his parents, whether it be his mom or dad or both, basically abusing him physically and I think that's what basically triggers that that trauma response whenever someone uh, like hits him in the movie, whether it be spoiler alert, I guess Mr. Suga or just the other like gangsters on the street. Yeah, the club. Like whenever they like tackle him or hit him in the face, yeah. you can see like his pupils like get all small and he goes into like this adrenaline attack mode. Yeah, just because I think it brings him back into that that. Um, that mode of survival pretty much against his, his parents. And I thought, I'm like, dang, I feel like that's really the reason why he ran away without actually showing it. Right. And I, you know, um, got to that one scene when he visited uh, Hina the first time 
And remember, while she was cooking, she, she was asking him about, um, you know, like, hey, you know, why'd you run away? And would you ever go back? And you could tell that that has, I guess, that whole thing, that experience has traumatized him enough where he's he still has really high walls in terms of talking about it. Even so, even with people like Hina, where she has kind of a way of being able to communicate and bring his uh, personal walls down. But I felt like his was still really elevated when it comes to like his parents or the reason why he did run away. Yeah. I think that's why when in near the end of the movie, when Mr. Like Suga hits him in the face, I was like, no, like when you rewatch the movie, you like really feel it there. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like he was almost becoming like a father figure in a way. And for them hit him in that moment, it's like, God dang, oh man, this is like stuff's about to go down, man. And obviously it did. Uh, but when I watched the movie for the first time, I obviously had high expectations. And uh, it, it's, you know, it is hard to keep those your name expectations out there, especially when uh, the visuals are pretty similar. Uh, mm-hmm. The music is still by Rad Wimps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like he did do enough differently that I still really enjoyed it. And basically, and I, in, in the art style is still going to be the same and all that stuff. And and uh, you get some cameos from your name characters too. So it's all understandable. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, you sat next to me when we were watching the showing. That first cameo with Taki especially. Especially because it seemed really slow motion because he was coming from the shadows and stepping into the sunlight, um, especially since uh, the majority of the movie leading up to it obviously had a theme where it was all dark and rainy and stuff. It was crazy how he was coming from the shadows and he stepped right into the sunlight. I was like, oh, dude, it took my breath. I'm sure yeah. you heard me like just gasp. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, that's Taki. <laughs> he's all Batman like. I'm like, like he starts talking while he's like under the shadows yeah. and reveals himself. I'm like, no. When I saw that, I was like, I was just I was just like you. I lost my breath. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> I was like, what? Makoto Shinkai uh, verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. But yeah, the Mitsuo one was a little bit more subdued, but I, I didn't catch it the first time, but I actually caught it on the second viewing. But when, um, when Hodika was talking to Mitsuo, like initially, and it was kind of like that wide shot. They actually purposely covered her face yeah. uh, by I, I forget what was blocking her face, but then obviously when they showed her uh, showed the close up, um, they showed her and then obviously her braided cord. She was that she still had her neat hair, and I was like, oh my god, this is such a good callback. I know, like I guess for those like really hawk-eyed people, like Sayaka and Teshi was there also. Like, oh, she made cameos. Uh, they were the ones looking out the window when uh, Hina and Hodaka and uh, Nagi were at the festival and did the whole uh, clearing the rain for the first time when they did their first job, pretty much. And then the, there's two people looking out the window. It's like, oh, look, it's clearing up and all that stuff. It's it's them too. Oh, Mitsuo's friends. I not See, now I got to uh, rewatch mm-hmm. it now. Uh, I'll watch out for that. I totally missed it. Yeah, I think even um, Yotsuha uh, makes a cameo somewhere, too. I forgot where, though. Okay. 
Yeah, like those those are the other cameos I want to mention. And I should know because this is like my third time watching it and just <laughs> going out like on the freaking Reddit and explained forms and all that stuff. Like obsessed or something. Um, what were your overall thoughts on the movie, though, real quick? Yeah, you know what? Just just to get it out there, I did love the movie again. Um, I felt like Weathering With You, um, I think you may have mentioned it. I felt like it was a worthy follow-up. Even though it technically isn't a sequel to your name. I mean, but is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, setting up another one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, obviously we just talked about the cameos. I just felt, uh, I just felt like it was pretty cool to find out that th- it was obviously within the same universe. I was like, oh, yes, that's so cool. Uh, but just to talk uh, specifically about Weathering With You, I, I feel like uh, the... M- the main reason why I enjoyed this was uh, in addition to uh, obviously, you know, the way it was uh, animated and the music and everything. I felt like the main characters were very likable. Um, I felt like, you know, I felt like they were more likable in ways than the, your name uh, lead characters. And we'll get into like the reasons, I guess a little bit later on, but I just felt like it was more steady and I felt like there weren't as like highs and there weren't the highs and lows uh, that your name actually has. Um, I felt like it was uh, more subdued, but in a good way, it felt a little bit more innocent. Uh, maybe it was because I felt like uh, the majority of the story. Yeah, it, there wasn't it really any time jumps, right? If I'm- no, no time jumps. Well, a little bit, I guess the one one year later. Or no, yeah. three years late. What is it? Three years. I forgot. Where at the end, uh, basically he's off probation. He finished high, finished his high school. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The time jump at the very end. But for the most part, for ninety something percent of the movie, yeah, it was just within that time and space usually. But um, yeah, I mean, I just felt like even the the side characters were uh, again just as enjoyable as as the characters in your name i feel like makoto shinkai is just very gifted in the way he makes his characters distinct uh you know whether they're the lead characters or the supporting characters and uh i don't know like i, I just enjoyed all of the characters yeah i would agree i was gonna say the same thing uh, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, every time I watch it, just like your name, it gives me goosebumps, especially in the second half of the movie. Like, I never get tired of it. And <laughs> just watching it again in the movie theater with the music all blasting, all that stuff. And I was getting misty-eyed again. I'm like, no, not here, not in front of everybody. <laughs> um, even though it's the third time watching it. And, uh, yeah, I always get goosebumps. And like you said... Um, what I really commend uh, Makoto Shinkai for this one is basically creating those memorable characters once again, uh, the lead characters and supporting characters uh, in the movie. Like, I feel like, uh, what's her name? Shoot, in the first movie, Miss Okudera was a standout uh, supporting character in Your Name. And at least for me, I, I liked uh, Mr. Suga in yeah. in uh, Weathering With You. So it's like... There's a lot of characters. Like a lot of people would say Nagi is like a hilarious character. Yeah. Um, but uh, like it's just crazy how he can he can make these characters all different, but then they seem very real. Yeah. And 
I f- it's realistic in that regard. It's not like over, you know, like he he keeps it simple in that regard. And yeah, I I feel like there are some similarities in some of the characters, but mainly you know mainly on the supporting characters because you know they kind of play the you know those tropes you know like with the siblings and everything the younger mm-hmm. siblings i felt like those are very similar uh you mentioned oh, miss okudera uh can be kind of compared to uh natsumi uh suga um so there are kind of some you know similar uh, similar characters but i felt like especially with the main characters they were very different um and obviously you know different kind of themes that were presented and we'll obviously get into that a little bit later on um i felt like the story was different enough in Weathering With You uh, that, I don't know, it was, it was strange. It was it was very dynamic, but yet it wasn't convoluted, you know? I felt like it was a focused story, and I, I really do appreciate it when, when directors or, or writers even do that. Yeah, I agree. And he, he kind of did the same trick, I guess, uh, as your name, where... Uh, in your name, pretty much Mitsua is kind of gone, kind of like by that halfway point of the movie. And just like in Weathering With You, Hina also disappears. And so it's, it follows almost the same type of structure in a way. Uh, you can see the similarities in terms of the uh, different uh, points that it hits in the movie. But he still does it really well, I feel like. I agree. Uh, so in that perfectly transitions into topic one i want to bring up because naturally we've been talking about it we've been comparing the two your name and weathering with you uh in your opinion i wanted to talk about like basically some things that you liked and didn't like about weathering with you compared to your name and one of the things i want to mention and we've kind of been talking about it is uh the characters but more specifically uh the lead characters i wanted to talk about the most uh, so how did you kind of feel about uh, Hina and Hoduka versus Taki and Mitsua, pretty much? Okay, this is going to be a little bit of an upset, I think. I actually prefer Hoduka and Hina only because I feel like, well, out of the four, I felt like the my favorite character out of the four is Mitsua, but I felt like the way Taki was uh, was portrayed wasn't in the best light i felt like eh, was, i don't know it was it, he was his character was a little bit more uneven in terms of likability i felt like you know in terms of within the storyline i thought it was hilarious but if you're just isolating characters i felt like uh hodoka uh hodoka and hina were more consistent throughout and i felt like they were more likable you, you you know i felt like i felt like I wanted to root for both of the, these kids more than Taki and Mitsuo, especially with Taki and some of the weird choices that he made as a character. You know, I would actually agree uh, in some points. Like, but I do have to give this little, like, I feel like Hina and Horika do have an advantage, though, because they do share basically the whole movie with each other compared to Mitsuo and Taki. Because they were never on screen together except for, like, uh, obviously, were they at Twilight. And then uh, at the very end when they see each other for the first time when they're adults. So I feel like in that way, they Hodaka and Hina do have a bit of an advantage. But in a way, I also do like 
that choice that he had in this movie that Makoto Shinkai did have in this movie to actually have the main characters go on this um, journey basically together rather than separately together in mm-hmm. a way. Um, mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that part of, uh, of the characters. So I do agree with you. Like, I feel like Hodaka has, he's, he's definitely more, he's, he's really crazy. You know what I mean? He's, he's yeah. always on edge. And rightfully so, because he just like ran away, and he goes through this pretty crazy arc. Uh, and but I feel like, for at least for me, maybe it's just because of the challenge of how how crazy it is, how how they learned about each other. I would probably still give it to Taki and Mitsua. I think Mitsua does carry a lot of the heavy load of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just. It's crazy how it's still, even though they never really were on screen together, at least for very long, um, it just makes that scene where they actually see each other for the first time in their own bodies uh, hit. It's still surprising, like, how much it can hit that hard. Oh, no, I agree with you. In terms of, like, the highs within the movie itself, and I'm not talking about the characters because, obviously, that wasn't really the question in this regard, regard. I felt like the highs were definitely higher in your name and i felt like because uh of that choice to keep them separate when they were together that's i think what you were feeling and i felt like obviously i agree with that same sentiment uh, i i felt like man those scenes were so good um and i felt like that's why your name is a classic to me and even though i just watched it a couple months ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there there are some scenes because uh in weathering with you i really love that i think are so like endearing between the two characters but i might mention them a little bit later on uh so i'll mention uh the next little subtopic in topic one uh which one did you like better in terms of supernatural concepts the switching bodies or the weather manipulation okay this is gonna be another it seems like another bit of an upset I actually prefer the weather manipulation because only because it was more of an original concept because I hadn't heard anything about, uh, I guess, in this in this case, a sunshine girl. We've seen a bunch of switching bodies, um, mm-hmm. concepts and movies before. They did it really, really well. Um, don't get me wrong. But in terms of just the concept and because it was executed well in both cases, I'll say weather manipulation because it's more original to me. Mm, yeah, I was going to say the same. I really like the, uh, especially if it's tied into Hina's emotions, especially when she freaking like did that Thor move <laughs> where she blew up the car. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was pretty sick. Um, but I do, I, I do like the, like you said, you the switching bodies thing. They've done it plenty of times before. Uh, but if it was if it was between the time jumping aspect, where it's like delayed timing, and the weather man- manipulation, I would choose the the what did I call it? Staggered timeline? Is that what I yeah. called it before? I think so. Yeah, I would probably choose the staggered time. I love that type of stuff. If we were gonna choose, I forgot about that uh, little thing that he did over there. Uh, but overall, if it became between the switching bodies and weather manipulation, I think the weather one I would choose too. Yeah, that was very creative the way he incorporated time because uh, I definitely did not expect that. Um, I was lost a little bit 
I remember that first viewing. I was like, wait, oh, that was a time jump. Damn it. Now I <laughs> now I got to rewatch some of that just to make sure. And obviously, I, I remember missing a lot of stuff just because I didn't understand, uh, I guess, that storytelling aspect uh, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I love freaking when people met when directors mess with time and it's still like shocking, but at the same time, it's not like uh convoluted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the last little subtopic I want to bring up was the climaxes of the movie, uh, which one you kind of preferred. Uh, in your name, there was basically um. Uh, Mitsuha kind of warning the town of Itamori about the whole uh, incoming meteor uh, and pretty much from twilight on until the actual meteor hits. I consider the climax of the movie. And then in Weathering With You, it would it would be when after Hodaka escapes the police station and then he's finally running on the train tracks all the way to when he's Almost like rescuing Hina from out of the sky. So which um, which climax do you actually prefer? Well, this one's an easy one. Got to go with your name. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like the scenes, um, especially that, that Twilight scene, it was just, I mean, you talked about it in the Your Name pod, uh, podcast episode. Man, uh, they hit... Uh, Makoto Shinkai just hit all... The right beats because the I felt like everything came together not just because of the whole like concept of the twilight scene within the story of your name but in terms of the different aspects of the movie with the music the cinematography the, like the concept everything uh came together perfectly starting um with that twilight scene and even just that part alone and i'm not even talking about the rest of that uh climax that you were talking about that alone will top anything in weathering with you and that's why your name uh, yeah this is just an easy choice for me dude yeah i would agree with you too just because the 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 movie before that obviously um we got to see mitsua like uh or uh taki investigating what happened to mitsua and her town pretty much and we actually see that she died Mm-hmm. And we got to see like if if in this climax of the movie, if if they don't complete this mission, pretty much he's dead. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was the brilliance of that climax. Uh, obviously, starting with the twilight scene, uh, just to carry for the rest of the movie, because we know that if they fail, there is actual consequences of she's actually going to die. Rather than in weathering with you, it was cool visually, especially visually. Uh, where uh, Hodaka's rescuing her out of the sky, but it, it is a bit, um, what's the word, ambiguous in the way he kind of does it, because he's like, is this really happening, or is this yeah. kind of like this yeah. mystical, dreamy sense um, when he's kind of rescuing her out of the sky? So, um, yeah, I would still go with the the climax of your name. Okay, so for topic two, I actually wanted to bring up another question obviously posed at the end of the movie. I really feel like they were trying to tackle that question. And uh, I want to ask you, how did you interpret the sinking of Tokyo? Uh, Because obviously Hodaka made this decision 
And then uh, he was talking with Taki's grandmother later on about uh, basically, oh, Tokyo was uh, basically sunk before. So uh, how do you feel basically? Um, how do you interpret the sinking of Tokyo? Do you think it was because of Hodaka's decision or was it because of uh, climate change and historical pretenses? Um, I, I, I think that because uh, some of the themes were supernatural, and uh you know obviously uh, i i really in, in i guess in the real world i don't believe in a sunshine girl but it was a fun concept for the movie and uh i really enjoyed it i feel like it was because of hodaka's decision um to uh it, i felt like it was hodaka's decision and, and i felt like because of that decision uh it basically uh, just kept the rain uh, going because, I mean, if you're thinking about it, uh, you know, from a perspective of, okay, well, if, if this is going to keep continuing, eventually, you know, t- a place like Tokyo would definitely be under uh, a lot of water. So, yeah, I, I guess that's my short answer. For me, too, I would actually say, like, in-universe, I also like to believe that it was because of Hodaka's decision. Uh, I I would rather actually prefer it that way. It's a bit of a darker, like, ter- time of uh type of decision because that means you know he this decision obviously affected businesses homes and all that stuff but at the same time he's saving hina's life mm-hmm. whereas if you go just the other way it's like oh yeah he if you go try to uh visualize it in a real world sense he, he kind of almost like he rendezvoused with her pretty much on top of that building and then that was about it Pretty much, but I like the. If it was basically, it was because of his decision to sink Tokyo, and then he has to actually pay for it with like consequences of being on probation, and then basically three three years away from from Hina. I think is uh, the way I kind of like to picture the story too. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Tony Stark's dilemma in Endgame about how obviously you know half the universe gets snapped or whatever, and. And they co- they're coming to him and we're like, hey, we, you know, we have this idea where maybe we could bring everyone back that got snapped away. But he's risking, you know, like his family life, you know, obviously with his uh, with his daughter Morgan and everything. And you can kind of hey, it's similar. I mean, it's a little bit different, but it's it's very similar in that regard. It's like, hey, do you um, make a decision based off of, you know, the people that you love that are closest to you or the overall like universe in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like how uh, Hodaka chooses the the other decision pretty much. And so um, that's pretty crazy because I, I would always wonder, it's like, oh man, what would the MCU look like if half of it actually was destroyed? Um, but I do want to mention uh, to our audience, I want to pose our audience question for the week is basically which movie did you prefer from Makoto Shinkai, uh, your name or weathering with you. So he did actually some other movies, but if you want to do a, like a bite of our write in vote or something like that, uh, you can either tweet us on Twitter or you can, uh, you know, email us at, uh, at our email, right, Ken? Yeah. Uh, do you want to take another stab at it before we, uh, end season two? Yeah. Yeah. I got this. Watch this. Uh, it's going to be, the weekly real podcast.com at gmail.com. 
I thought you were on the right track just for a second. <laughs> I had my hopes up. That was an and it. No, not quite. And uh, just a, a reminder, audience, it is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. We will keep monitoring our uh, our emails throughout the uh, the off season as well. So if you have any suggestions on uh, potential new movies for season three, or if you obviously want to give us some feedback on Weathering With You or any of our past uh, episodes on the Weekly Reel uh, or even on the News Reel, please definitely send us that email. Yeah, I promise I'll get it right in season three. Uh, But before we get into the second half of the episode, uh, let's take a quick break. Welcome back from the break, and we're going to jump in straight into our weekly Real Awards for Weathering With You. And the first award I want to give to is the Get Help award for favorite comedic scene uh ken there's some funny moments in this movie that we we even talked about it on uh on the sunday that we watched it but there's plenty so uh which one did you end up choosing oh man this was a little bit hard just because yeah there was some scenes that just made me crack up but the one that i chose uh for the get help award uh for favorite comedic scene is that one scene uh, when they showed Naki getting all of those female visitors while he was in custody, <laughs> uh, man, that uh, that line from uh, some random uh, like background character, it's like, oh, and it's another girl. Dude, that line just cracked me up because obviously they set it up in the bus uh, during that time when he was obviously a ladies man and he's obviously still only in elementary school. Um, and... Dude, that shot of the sign-in sheet uh, when that uh, <laughs> that officer was just jotting it down. Uh, I actually took the time to freeze frame that. And there was a uh, time of 1318, 1330, 14 o'clock, 1404, and 1440. Dude, it cracked me up because, you know, obviously these are just elementary age uh, girls. And obviously they portrayed Nagi as a, a, a like a little ladies man. <laughs> Yeah, I was, and it actually played into, you know, the the story. You actually ended up doing a bit of a switcheroo, I guess, and yeah. uh, tackling a freaking police officer in a little girl's dress. So that was that was a bit weird, honestly, to me. But I still liked it. the the sentiment was there. Yeah, it it, it was so enjoyable to watch. It it's it Nagi's funny. Uh, for me, actually, it would be the I think the running joke of. Uh, Natsumi being uh, uh, Mr. Suga's <laughs> mistress. And I yeah. think my favorite part was when they were at the park because it was such a, a heartfelt scene, too, with Mr. Suga finally spending time with his daughter. daughter yeah. Uh, and then just to cut it with the comedic jokes of it's like, oh, what are you going to do, Mr. Suga? Natsumi's here. And it's like, does your daughter know about her? <laughs> um, and pretty much. And just for uh, for Natsumi to be like mistress, like what the, like what the hell? Then yeah, just Dirty end up mind. being his niece. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was perfect, and the way that uh, Hina and Natsumi pretty much like reacted to it, I thought made it even better. Yeah, those were my top two. I was actually debating between those two, and ultimately chose the Nagi one over uh, over the scene that you picked. Both were so good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next award I wanted to give is the Jensen Award. So you can either choose 
to give it to an underrated character or an underrated scene. So, uh, yeah, which one are you going to actually choose? I'm scared now. Yeah, well, I'm actually going to give out the Yinsen Award for underrated scene. I think I did that the last time, too. And so the underrated scene that I'm picking is actually the uh, the scene where Horika visits Hina for the first time. I mean, not only does Hina cook that dish that looks really simple, but looks hella good. It made me actually hungry for, I mean, we ended up eating uh, quesabiria tacos a little bit later on after the movie. Uh, I think that's what ma- contributed to me being hungry that day, but... So much actually happens in this scene, actually, that uh, throughout the whole movie. It's uh, it's during this scene, you know, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. This is the scene where Horika kind of opens up a little bit about running away and uh, from home. Um, you got to see how he, you know, he, he had a hard time talking about that. Uh, but, you know, you got to see his dynamic with Hina, even though this is really the first time that they're actually hanging out, uh, not counting the the two prior interactions that just came up out of the blue so she's like you know asking him like you know ice breaking questions i you know how do you like it in tokyo or and everything and and you got to really see like their chemistry on display um i really did also like in this scene that hodaka even suggests to you know for her to offer her services because you know she had just lost her job at that nicest mcdonald's ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like what How i know it's hell clean in there i, I don't know. see that over here yeah even the food looked really like perfect and everything. i was like dang that looks like the best big mac yeah <sighs> make, that makes me hungry for a freaking big mac man when he opened the box and it kind of just like fluffs fluffed up, up yeah i'm like what you, when you open a freaking big mac here man it's like smashed down all the way to like the the lower level of the box <laughs> yeah i know exactly you know it's all like it's not even like fixed nicely there's like lettuce everywhere the sauce whatever uh, it's just not as good as the way it was pictured anyway getting back to my, my answer um you know, I felt like it was it it was pretty cool that Horika, um, you know, was basically in a way pushing Hina to be herself as the because you know mm. this was her gift. Obviously, we didn't know what the consequences were really, but at the time, you know, you got to see him encouraging her, and it's always a good thing when you see that positivity between characters, them encouraging themselves to be themselves. Yeah, and just like we were talking about earlier, like you, you get to really what I enjoyed about weathering with you, and uh, since it's a little, it's different from your name, you actually get to have two lead characters just literally sit down, have a conversation about uh, basically what's going on in their life, and uh, kind of work these problems out together directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, is one of the things I really enjoyed, even though Hina obviously became um, the sunshine girl and started uh, fading away because of it. But in a way that she always mentioned that she, she loved doing it and that, and that's why she kept going. That's why uh, Horika also felt responsible for her disappearance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that was a really good scene too. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and lastly on that scene, that was when we get the uh, Nagi reveal that that was the younger <laughs> brother. So just an all around good scene. It was yeah. so, so diverse. You're the kid from the bus. <laughs> He's a player, man. Anyway, uh, for me, I would actually give the underrated scene also. And uh, 
we kind of mentioned it. It's the when Hina gives the burger to Hodaka. Oh yeah. I think it's just it's a small, quick scene, um, but I really love that scene. It's I think it's underrated because uh, prior to this, Hodaka's Hodaka has had such a hard time in Tokyo, uh, just going from whatever place he can actually sleep at, getting showers and eating ramen noodles wherever, like uh, whatever he could afford, pretty much. And I feel like this was the first good thing to happen to him in Tokyo since running away. It actually reminds me of the scene in Spider-Man 2. Yes, the actual Spider-Man 2, uh, the better one. Uh, <laughs> when uh, Peter Parker pretty much is all beaten down in all aspects of his life. And then uh, his neighbor offers him uh, a piece of chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And yeah. pretty much it's like when this, uh, the main character is like beaten down so much and then there's this small little gesture just to give, give them a little bit more hope to keep going. Yeah. And it keeps things in perspective that even like little things like that, little gestures like you just mentioned can be appreciated because it's out of an act of selflessness from the other character. And I felt like in that scene that you're talking about, Hina didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And for, I mean, dude, and plus the way the burger looked like, he, uh, Hodaka just describing it as basically the best meal he'd had in 16 years. It just makes you, uh, it just reopens the questions like, man, how bad was his home life uh, prior to, uh, to him running away? Yeah. And I remember Hina was like, you know, like, uh, like I don't want you to eat like soup or chowder again. That means he must have been at that McDonald's at least sitting there um, for at least a few times now that she was able to notice him. And I, I like how that's kind of like the the start of their like their their friendship and him eventually like falling for her later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next award I want to give out is the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. I don't know, man. I feel like we're going to also choose the same one, but. Uh, who are you going to choose for this one? All right. Well, my winner for the I Am Groot Award for favorite character, um, I think, well, going back to your name, I gave it to Mitsua. This time I'm actually going the other way. I'm going with Hodaka because, I mean, when you're a 16-year-old kid, I mean, there are tendencies usually when you're that age to be a punk. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I felt like I didn't get that vibe, even though there are times when, you know, some of the decisions that he made were, you know, questionable, namely with uh, those scenes with the gun. Uh, but I felt like for the most part, he was a very kind hearted individual. Seemed like, again, we talked about um, his past, you know, his, his home life. I felt like he had a difficult one. And for him to want to take a chance in running away from all that, be independent enough to want to make it out on his own, make his own living, look for a job, uh, grind, you know, be willing to like work for like, what was it? 300, uh, no, 3000 yen per month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got some stuff from some perks from Mr. Suga and everything, but man, you know, he, you could tell he really wanted to earn his way, earn his keep. And that type of motivation is always good to, to kind of, aspire to even though if it's even though if it's uh from a i guess a fictional um movie like this yeah i would agree with you too my favorite character was hodaka 
and just from the get-go where you make him relatable in with relatable problems of having to deal with like uh basically issues with family or dealing with money problems stuff like that and like you said he is a bit of a reckless character didn't always think things through but in the end his uh, intentions are always right in that way and i also love how like basically he's uh relentless in get trying to like achieve his uh, his version of freedom basically mm-hmm. like away from his parents whoever's abusing him uh even if that means trying to run away with hina and nagi even though like in the long run you probably don't see it really like working out really well um but it, it, it's commendable for sure so it's like his his aspirations are always like uh admirable so mm-hmm. that i think that's why Hodaka is like that active character always trying to do something to get to where he wants to be um i think that's why he's my favorite character also mm. uh our last well not last award almost there our uh next award is going to be the avengers assemble award for favorite scene in weathering with you and i don't know man we're probably gonna have the same one also but yeah man go ahead <laughs> well i just for, in the interest of the podcast i hope we have something different but i wouldn't be surprised if we did pick the same one but my winner for the avengers assemble award for favorite scene is uh that scene uh when hodaka finds out that hina is a sunshine girl i mean this is the scene that happens uh, immediately after Hodaka almost had that breakdown after he realized that he almost killed that one club owner. I mean, I don't remember his name. I don't even know if they actually mentioned his name, but uh, it was that one dude that was trying to like punch him and uh, he was punching him and stuff. And then he pulled the gun. He ended up shooting the, was it the li- street light or something? Yeah. The street lamppost thing. Yeah. yeah. And he realized it was like, obviously because he made him realize it was like, Hey, you could have, you know, done something very regrettable that would have affected the rest of your life. You know, he could have been thrown in jail for the rest of his life. Uh, But what happens afterwards is I felt like where the movie just like, just kicks it up another notch where, you know, it seems like Hina just kind of walked away, but then she ends up coming back. And Mm. then, and then she like, you know, offers kind of like an olive branch and admits that she got fired from her job at the, that really nice McDonald's again. I felt (laughs) I mentioned yep. it earlier, dude. It's such. I want to. I want to see if there's an actual McDonald's like that in Tokyo. <laughs> Probably, man. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I know, seriously. But anyway, right around this time, dude. We talked about Red Wimps a little bit earlier, but dude, that piano-driven song just starts up, and you start to get the feels a little bit. There's, you know, they're setting something up, and uh, Hina takes Hodaka up to the rooftop. We get that nice little camera, mm. uh, 360 camera panning. And then Hina tells Hodaka, it's like, just watch because the rain's about to clear up. And Hodaka's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's like praying and stuff. And then the, suddenly the weather clears up and then the climax of the song kind of hits. Mm. And then we get that whole panning out to like the wide shot. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. Um, yeah, this is my favorite scene. <laughs> Ooh. Man, I gotta mention, my uh, yeah, that was a really good scene. I, it's that definitely like um, sets up the rest of the movie mm-hmm. of how like amazing, like like we mentioned the the weather manipulation pretty much, uh, and I love that little like wide shot and it basically like circles around and all that. It's 
it's crazy. I love that scene. Uh, you get like these characters pretty much. You know that they're about to go on this journey together, and you just don't know what it is yet. And it, uh, an underrated scene, I guess I want to because it was almost my favorite scene. That's similar to that scene was after, um, when Hina pretty much goes to but like what's what's that 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 stadium pretty much on top of that building and does the like uh clears out the weather and then they're on top of that building and then there's that uh for the fireworks and all that stuff i thought that was almost gonna be my favorite scene Ooh. but yeah what was the thing you wanted to mention well yeah so um i mean this is kind of underrated uh an underrated aspect about this because you know we just saw something dramatic just happen with music and all the cinematography and everything Shortly after that, like it, it actually ends with them actually just introducing themselves. All this happens, like before they're like, "Hi, by the way, my name is Hina." Oh, my name is Hodaka. I'm like, "Oh yeah. shoot!" They're finally formally introducing themselves, and so I just thought it was pretty cool. I, I love that scene. Yeah, my favorite scene though. Yeah, uh, you already know, man. It's gonna be the the great escape scene, where pretty much he rescues her from out of the sky and. Maybe it's just because the freaking music, man. Yeah. And and I love the it's um I forgot who it is, who who the artist is, but basically Radwimps and uh, whoever's featured in that song also just the the vocals together, uh, and the visuals where you can basically see that they're like dots in the sky pretty much, mm-hmm. and they're just falling down, still trying to hold on to each other. Ah, oh, man, I just. Just for the visuals alone, that was like my favorite scene. I figured you'd pick that scene. That's why I went this other way. Yeah. I wanted to set up what you were about to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was almost going to go with the fireworks scene, but I feel like that's, from what I've seen in animes, it's very cliche to always have, a, to have fireworks <laughs> for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Well, that's why I went with my scene, because it was rain getting cleared out with the sun. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, but you know, mine is probably the a lot of people's choices too. Oh, for sure, I I think so. All right, dude, it's gonna be our favorite segment of the of the episode. It's gonna be guess the Rotten Tomato score, and yeah, I guess it's a bit um anticlimactic in a way that I'm already the champ of season two, where I'm uh, up fifteen twelve, <laughs> so. Uh, but we're still going to play just for, for, uh, for giggles, I guess. Yeah. Well, I shat the bed, uh, the last couple of, of weeks. It, it was what? 13 to 12 at one point. Yeah. It was and, 13 to 12. It was close. Man. I, yeah. I choked. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. There's always next season. We always restart. We want to let you know, uh, guys know we always restart at the beginning of every season. Uh, but yeah, next season, maybe Ken, you'll get the. The title belt after that. Oh, yeah. And that title belt will be coming pretty soon. Hopefully in the next week or so. Hopefully. Uh, you might have to follow us on social media at Weekly Real <laughs> on Instagram, more specifically, uh, to get a look at that belt real quick. But, Ken, uh, what would you guess uh, whether and with you got on Ron Tomatoes? I have to admit that I did cheat a little bit in that I went back and saw how... I guess way off I was during your name. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I was, I went back to your name. And I was like, okay, I'm going to use this as a learning experience. 
I'm going to guess 91% for living with you. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Way to end it anticlimactically because I also guessed 91%. I guess it is a fitting end because this is what, like, the at least third or fourth time we've tied. At least, no, maybe even five, but for sure, like, three or four. (laughs) Yeah, dude, this season we've tied too many times. Maybe we're just learning. (laughs) <laughs> or who knows, we might be way off. We'll see. Oh, see, we were close. 92% on Ron Tomatoes. That was Almost my initial, exact. That was my initial guess, and I don't know why I adjusted it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Audience score, though, 96%. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So in a bit of an anticlimactic, but at the same time, kind of signifies the rest of the whole season. Yeah. Um, I, we're tied up on this one, so... It, the final score for season two, 16, 13. Man. Me. You, you, <laughs> so, you beat me by a field goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whew, needed that. <laughs> needed that field goal in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, it's been fun. Uh, obviously, Ron Tomatoes, yeah, it's whatever, though. But if you want to guess with us. Yeah, not <laughs> sponsored by Ron Tomatoes. But yeah, if you guys want to like participate also in the Ron Tomatoes score thing, I mean, don't cheat, obviously. We don't try to cheat here as well. Uh, but the scores reset in Season 3, so uh, look out for that next season. But, yeah. Ken, we're going to do our final award for the season. It's going to be the I Love You 3000 Award. Uh, so where are you going to rate weathering with you from 1 to 3,000? Okay, again, uh, I did this uh, for Rotten Tomatoes. I had to look back at what I gave your name. And a little bit of a spoiler, I did like your name better than Weathering With You. And that's not to say that uh, Weathering With You was a bad movie, because obviously I enjoyed it. I really did like it. But I obviously didn't want to... Uh, say that I liked, uh, uh, what do you call it, your name better than Weathering With You and give Weathering With You a higher score. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to use it as a point of reference. Uh, I gave um, Weathering With You a 2592, 86.4%. Love, love, love this movie. Uh, I thought it was a worthy follow-up to your name. Nice, man. Yeah, I had to do the same thing. I think I gave... Your name, like an almost perfect score at 98%, something like that. So I'm going to give Weathering With You a 2760 out of 3,000. That's like 92%. Mm, sounds about right. Sounds about right. All right, Ken. So this being the final episode of Season 2, did you have any like final words you want to share with the audience for this season? Yeah, first of all, I can't believe we survived Season 2 with basically kind of like what our circumstances were uh, outside of the podcast. Uh, But not only that, but it is pretty crazy that we got to quadruple the amount of new movies that we covered uh, when when we compare Season 1 to Season 2. Yeah, we only had two movies that were brand new for season one because of COVID. But to make that jump from two to eight uh, was pretty nuts. And the fact that we did that, in addition to that, we ended up adding a second weekly show with the newsreel. I just thought it was pretty cool that we were able to, uh, I guess, accomplish all this in season two. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on season two? Dude, I feel like season two went by hella fast. 
it was nuts. It was nuts. I'm like, did we just finish another 18 or so episodes? I totally forgot now. I'm like, did we? We just finished record, or now we're finishing recording our 40th episode, and I, that's just like crazy to me. I feel like this season has gone by way faster than season one. Maybe it's just because of how busy we are, also outside of the podcast. Uh, but it's I've really had a lot of fun watching like the new movies and all of the other uh, movies that we got to share with each other this season as well. Um, unfortunately, no guests this season, but hopefully we can do that next season. But either way, we, we got to watch a ton of new movies, either to us or just uh, the public in general. Yeah, it, the dynamic was uh, interesting because um, for the new movies, some of them were released where they were both available in theaters and uh, I guess in, on a streaming service, some of them were only, you know, streaming services like, you know, Army of the Dead. Uh, but it was uh, an interesting dynamic. And obviously we'll see how new releases get handled for season three and beyond, whether it's going to be more, uh, I guess, at, in theaters or whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting to have that option. Yeah, I agree. Like, for this season, and uh, I hope it carries on to future seasons too. I love the surprise of having, because uh, we've never seen these movies before. We don't know if they're going to be good or bad. Because <laughs> they're, they're since they're super brand new, we don't know if they're going to be good or bad. Uh, and we've had a mix of uh, of those this season. I'm glad we did because uh, if we had good movies all the time, sometimes it's hard to to differ what a good movie is sometimes. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that in our season two wrap up show on the newsreel uh, this coming Thursday. Uh, we're going to kind of dissect what we did uh, over this past season and, and I guess choose our favorites of uh, different, um, I guess, different topics of um, like it favorite episode that we epi- uh, that we recorded or even favorite movie or maybe worst movie. Well, we're still going to try to figure that all, all that out, but definitely uh, stay tuned uh, to our uh, wrap-up show on the newsreel this coming Thursday, and we'll definitely get into that. And so, yeah, it's uh, I'm actually looking forward to that episode just because we can kind of reminisce on, uh, I guess, some of the season two highlights <laughs> from uh, from both shows that we did. It was pretty crazy. Hey, but looking forward to season three, it looks like we have some heavy hitters lined up as far as new movies. Actually, Jeremy, do you want to give our audience a small taste of uh, some of the movies that looks like we're going to try to cover in season three? Yeah, I think uh, our first episode, we're trying to look at uh, Shang-Chi, right? I think it would be like the first one. There's, uh, I know Dune's coming out, uh, No Time to Die, Spider-Man No Way Home, Top Gun. I yeah. think it was one that we're really looking forward to. Uh, there's going to be a good mix out there, especially in the late half of 2021. Hopefully, they're going to be good because... In in terms of in theaters, there's I don't think we've been blown away yet. This yeah, year. yeah. I I feel like so far, and th- we're recording this on uh, July twenty eighth. I feel like best movie for twenty twenty one is still up for grabs in a major way. I feel like just like you said, haven't really been blown away um, with a new movie just yet. Mm-hmm. There's there's we've watched some good ones. 
but not like totally blown away where it's like, oh, dude, this is like top 10 of the last couple of years at least or something like that, yeah. you know? No instant classics just yet. Yeah, so hopefully we're going to get some this fall. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, again, you know, for you, the audience, we definitely want to thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. Best believe, you know, during our weekly reel off season, you know, the work doesn't stop. We're going to, you know, do our best to make season three even better. Um, and, you know, season three will probably debut uh, this coming uh, later on this year and during the fall. We're targeting potentially around September 27th or October 4th for our season three uh, premiere. Uh, but be sure to follow our social media accounts for upcoming news on season three of the weekly real podcast. And, and so what are our social medias again on the interwebs? It's going to be at weekly real. That's going to be like on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, but Ken, if they want to follow you on the social medias, where can they find you? Well, for me, uh, just like, uh, I guess all the other episodes, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at free Ken a, but during this off season, and I'm actually putting, um, mentioning this now just to hold myself accountable, check out and look out for the relaunching of this blog that, uh, blog website that I had started four years ago. I'm, I'm looking to relaunch it, um, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully within, uh, hopefully within August, uh, because man, you know, I've always had this passion for writing. I want to kind of rekindle that, uh, that passion of mine, uh, definitely bookmark my blog. It's flipabinge.com. The spelling will be in the episode notes and also follow flipabinge on all the social medias at flipabinge across the board. Again, we try to make things easy for you at flipabinge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah, if you want to follow me, guys, uh, it's still going to be at JP underscore flicks. And just a quick update on like my little project that I was trying to, uh, that I announced a couple of episodes back, the little visual webtoon slash audio uh, drama, I guess, where uh, it's been a, a little bit delayed, but it's still happening. Uh, you can look at the updates pretty much on my Twitter or Instagram uh when that will be coming out so hopefully uh it's not delayed for too much longer they just need a little bit more work done and uh, hopefully we can get it pretty much hopefully by the end of august i'm hoping that's my guess right now but i'll keep if you want to see the basically step-by-step updates go to at jp underscore flicks okay guys I had a good time talking about uh, weathering with you as our final episode of the season. Much different than our last finale with uh, <laughs> High School, High School Musical. Musical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm glad that you liked it, Ken. Obviously, like uh, it was the follow-up to your name, and it's big some big shoes to fill. But I'm glad that you were we were uh, able to finish the the season strong. Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, again, I want to also remind people that we do have a wrap up show on the newsreel this coming Thursday. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah, guys. So we're not going to be gone for too long. Just a bit of a hiatus. And uh, but until then, we'll see you next time. Next season on the reel.
It's your birthday.